0: Greetings, everyone. I hope that you are well. Tonight's video is going to be just a bit different. Instead of an hour of rain at the end of the video, it will now be cut down to 30 minutes. I've listened to some feedback and comments stating that a lot of you wake up whenever I stop talking. So, I'm trying to meet everyone in the middle where some can still get that sound buffer and the others can hopefully stay asleep when the videos are done. Also, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoy what you are hearing... Down in the description below, you can buy me a coffee. It would be much appreciated, just as much as I appreciate you. Now, on to the big announcement of the drawing. Thank you all so much for getting back to ashes over the 5,000 sub mile marker. I appreciate each and every last one of you. As I said and thought for a while, I want to give you all a surprise. We're not just doing one winner, we're going to do two winners. First place is going to be $100, and the second place winner will get $50. The way that you will receive these prizes is through e-gift cards, which means it will be sent to you via your email address. If you are the chosen ones, then I will have you email me a screenshot of your profile so I know that it is you, and I will then get back in contact with you via email. On Thursday, March 11th, I will be selecting the two winners from the comment section of that video. So please make sure that you comment on that video as that is your ticket to enter the drawing. The winner will be announced on the 14th and prizes will then be sent out on the 21st. Thank you all so much for all your continued support. This is just a small token of showing my gratitude for you all. The listeners and supporters, thank you so much. With all that being said, let's go ahead and get you that nightly dose of vocal melatonin that you crave. It is time to go back to the ashes, for when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, better, stronger person in the morning. Sit back, relax, or tuck in and get warm, and let's get into these true creepy encounters. I live in a small rural town in the southeast, USA. And it has the usual suburban developments as well as some more outlying country and rural areas. When I was younger, just as I'd moved out on my own, I worked as a pizza delivery guy. These are some of the creepy encounters I had during this time. The Orgy One afternoon, I got a delivery order for an area of town I rarely, if ever, visited. It was on the east side of town. Which was very run down and poor. An old textile mill used to employ many in that area, but it had been closed for some time and been overrun with kudzu and had begun falling apart. The houses around this area often had falling foundations or were very old, rusty trailer homes. This particular order was to one of the trailer homes. I knocked and no one answered. I tried again for several minutes, as I could hear music coming from the inside, and I figured maybe they couldn't hear me. When they finally opened the door, it was a skinny dude with no shirt on, and he asked me to step inside. When I walked in, there was a lady behind him who was wearing a robe, and another sketchy couple standing at the back of the room. They had a boombox playing loud country music. These people were really high and drunk, which I was used to, but this place was buzzing with crazy. All of them were at least ten years older than me, and as I set the pizza down and waited for payment, they started making sexual comments regarding my body. Whenever one would say something, another one would encourage them to continue. Eventually, the guy who opened the door walked over to me, and the lady behind him said, Go ahead and pay the man. He handed me the cash and put his free hand on my arm, and in hot breath full of natural light, he whispered in my ear and asked, We're all about to have sex. You want to join us? I said no thanks and made a beeline for the door. The Creeper I got two orders for the same area of town that just happened in the last story. One was a 20-pie order for a church fellowship hall, and the other a single pie for a residence. I dropped the pies for the church off first, then headed over to the last customer. When I arrived, I immediately noticed the house looked off-putting, dark and dirty. I thought to myself, please let this be the wrong house. But it wasn't. There was a creepy old naked doll on the porch and an empty birdcage hung from one of the trees in the side yard. I got out, grabbed the pizza, and slowly walked up to the house. I tried the doorbell, which was glowing so I figured it worked. No one answered, so I tried knocking. Again, nothing. Eventually, I got creeped out so I started walking back to my car. Halfway to my car I heard, psst, and turned around to see an old man with wild and unkempt hair, literally peeking his head out from the back of the house. It was getting dark out and my patience was draining, so I was not in the mood for someone to play games. I simply said, did you order this pizza? And waited for him to answer, but he ducked back out of sight. I started to just turn around to leave but then he peeked out again. I said, Sir, is this your pizza or not? And finally he emerges. He walks up to me carrying a shovel of all things. He said, Yeah man, sorry I'm just messing, don't mean nothing by it. To which I just responded with a total and held the pizza out. Luckily, that was the end of the transaction, and I was able to get the hell out of there. I worked the same job for a few more years and had plenty more weird experiences, but then moved on to find something better and safer. If you work delivering items to people at their homes, stay safe, and never go inside anyone's house. I was walking home from work one evening. The sky was dark and the streetlights were flickering. I had my head down, lost in my own thoughts, when I noticed a man walking towards me. I didn't think anything of it at first, just a stranger passing by. But as he got closer, something about him made me uneasy. He was tall and lanky, with a mop of wild, unkempt hair. His eyes were piercing almost too intense and seemed to be staring straight through me. He wore a dark hoodie pulled tightly around his face and his hands were shoved deep in his pockets. As he got closer, I could feel my heart rate increase. I tried to keep my head down and walk past him without making eye contact, but he stepped directly into my path and blocked my way. Excuse me? I muttered, trying to edge around him. But... He didn't move. Instead, he reached out and lightly touched my arm. His fingers were cold and clammy, and I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. You look familiar, he said, his voice low and scratchy. Do I know you? I shook my head, trying to back away, but he stepped closer, his hand still gripping my arm. Are you sure? He asked, his eyes boring into mine. I could have sworn I've seen you before. I tried to pull away, but his grip tightened and I could feel panic starting to set in. Let go of me, I said, trying to keep my voice steady. I I don't know you... He chuckled a low, menacing sound that sent shivers down my spine. Oh, I think you do, he said. I've been watching you. My mind began racing as I tried to come up with a way out of this situation. Should I scream? Run? But before I could decide, he spoke again. Don't worry, he said finally releasing my arm I won't hurt you I just wanted to say hello finally with that he turned and walked away leaving me standing alone on the deserted street my heart was pounding through my chest and I felt like I was going to be sick I walked the rest of the way home in a daze my mind replaying the encounter over and over again who in the hell was that man What did he want from me? And why did he seem so familiar? As soon as I got home, I locked all the doors and windows and called the police. I told them what had happened, but they didn't seem to be too concerned. They took down my information and promised to keep an eye out for any suspicious activity in the area. For the next few days, I was on high alert constantly looking over my shoulder and jumping at every little sound. But, eventually, the fear started to fade and life returned to normal. But even now, months later, I still think about that man from time to time. Was he just a harmless weirdo, or was he something more sinister? And will I ever feel truly safe walking down that same street again? I went to the library yesterday to drop off some books that were due, but when I drove up to the outdoor book return, the chute wouldn't open. I figured I must have not known how to open it, so I decided to go inside and return them. As I was walking towards the door, I noticed a man with earbuds sitting on a bench near the entrance. I thought nothing of it and kept walking, but when I got to the door, I found that it was locked. I was surprised because I didn't think the library would be closed yet. I knew they were supposed to be closed for Labor Day, but I didn't think it would be yesterday. There were cars parked outside, too. I shrugged it off and walked back to my car, which was parked a few meters away. I didn't look behind me, but as I was walking back, I heard the man singing loudly to himself. It sounded more like he was yelling. He was saying, Go, whoa, go, whoa, go, whoa. I thought it was a little weird, and I wondered if he was directing it at me because I was leaving, but I just ignored it. I never heard anyone sing to themselves in public like that, so it creeped me out a little, but not enough to raise red flags. As soon as I got back in my car, the man started waving at me to come over. I froze up for a minute, because I wondered what he needed. I was the only one in the parking lot, so I was sure he wasn't beckoning to anyone else. But then I remembered a warning my father had given me not to come over when a stranger beckons at me. He specifically told me that because of this one encounter I had at the park that was familiar. That's a story for another time. Either way, I found it odd, so... I locked my doors and drove away... He kept staring at my car as I left. I felt guilty because I didn't want to seem rude or stuck up, but I didn't know what his intentions were. I gave it some thought later and figured he might have just wanted to tell me that the library was closed. But if he wanted to tell me, he could have told me when I was at the door. There was no reason for him to beckon me over after I had just gotten in my car. I honestly don't know what to make of it. I think I may have overreacted a little. I suppose I could have driven up to the curb and lowered my window, but I didn't like the idea of that either. It could have been completely harmless and I misjudged, but I can't tell for sure. I didn't mean to be rude. I just drove away because the situation creeped me out. Regardless of the case, I'm glad I actually drove away instead of sticking around to find out what his true intentions were. I recently moved out into an apartment building, all the way up on the top floor. My balcony is at the back of the building. The view is mostly trees, but there's some houses in a street directly behind the apartment building, so I can see that too. I usually sit out on my balcony at night, getting high and listening to music. At night, the view is just darkness aside from the house porch lights and the road lit up by streetlights. Most of the road view is covered by trees, but I can see a good amount of it. There's also no light for my balcony, so at night I just sit in the dark, aside from the light coming up from my phone. Anyway, I was sitting out there at around 10pm or so, like I usually do, and I noticed movement from the road. When I looked down, I saw someone running down the street, like, really fast. From my distance, it looked like this person was running faster than any human should be. I was just watching when this person stopped under a street lamp. Under the light, I could tell this person was a man. I also realized this person was now looking up at me. I got nervous, but I didn't move because I thought I could just be overthinking, and maybe this guy wasn't actually looking at me. How could he? My phone wasn't on, so I was pretty much sitting in complete darkness. Could he really see me all the way down there? I just kept sitting there, hoping the guy would leave, but then I saw him waving at me. Now I know he was looking at me. I instantly got uncomfortable. Uncomfortable enough not to do anything. I couldn't even go back inside. I just sat there getting increasingly nervous. My thoughts started running wild. I thought this guy might find my apartment and try to break in. I also thought he would somehow just sprint forward and climb up the building to get me or something. But, as I kept staring at this man waving at me, a sudden feeling of dread came over me. That was when I started grabbing my things to go back inside. But then I saw that he stopped waving he reached both his arms out to the side and started swaying his body side to side, bending his knees as he moved, and wiggling his arms around like a weird dance move. At this point, I was incredibly unsettled and just wanted to get back inside, but I was also slightly intrigued in a way, and I guess I wanted to see what he might do next. Soon, I The feelings of dread and unease took over and continued, closing up all of my stuff, and I went inside. There was a window in the room next to the balcony where you could see down to the same area, so I peeked outside, trying to stay hidden behind the wall. I saw this guy still moving around side to side, but he soon stopped, and I saw him just start booking it up the road again. I made sure my front door was locked and I went back to my room, locking the bedroom door as well. My bedroom window looks out to the same direction, so I made sure that guy was gone and closed my curtains. I didn't really sleep that night. I couldn't shake the uneasy feeling I was having. This happened a couple nights ago, and I haven't seen this guy since then. I've still been sitting out on the balcony, but I've been getting really paranoid when I'm out there at night so I don't stay out for as long as I did. I don't really know what to make up of this whole thing. I don't know who that guy was or maybe... what he was? I get really uncomfortable and paranoid when I think about that night. Like I'm back in that moment, feeling those exact feelings again. Ever since that night happened, I still get occasional waves of dread. Like at times throughout the day, I get this feeling that I'm being watched. I hope this feeling goes away soon and I'm really hoping I don't see that guy ever again. Okay, something happened today that completely freaked me out. I'm a female and I had come home from work in the evening and wanted to go on a walk. My mom was there and had already walked earlier in the day so I decided to go by myself. My neighborhood is pretty safe for the most part, so I felt comfortable going out on my own. Before I left, however, my mom asked me to bring pepper spray since it was getting dark. With mace and a flashlight in tow, I set out. I start my walk and further down the street I'm on, a white van passes me. It's not that common to see them in my area, so I thought it was very unusual Keeping it in mind, I continue my walk. My street is connected to another one that goes up a rather steep hill, so I start to head up it. I'm about halfway up and still felt unsettled from seeing the van earlier, so something told me to check behind me. I have a look and the van is in the front coming up the hill and there's a smaller car behind them. Turning my head back, I hear a car approaching and the smaller car passes me. At this point, I'm getting really weirded out, but I'm getting to a better-lit area of the hill, and I'm hoping to just continue my walk. Nope. The van passes me very slowly, with the driver looking out the window. It looked like they were staring at me. I couldn't tell what they exactly looked like in the moment, but they appeared to be an older man with graying hair. It didn't stop there. There's a street near the top of the hill with a stop sign. It pulls into the street, driver's window slightly past the stop sign, and stops directly in my path. There were already red flags up to this point, but this action alone utterly terrifies me. I immediately turn back to go down the hill. I even start to run down and pull my phone out to call my mom telling her there's a white van acting suspiciously. The only thing I was positive of was that none of this was looking good. How horrible would it be to be swiped off the street less than five minutes from your own house? That thought was fueling my adrenaline in the moment, and I had the pepper spray firmly in my grip at that point. I'm still on the phone when the white van passes me and turns onto my street, stopping close by the intersection. My mom tells me she's getting into her car to pick me up. Mom pulls up beside this van and even turned a bit in back of it, so it couldn't back out. I jumped into the front passenger seat, heart pounding while my mother turned the car around and stopped beside the van. She called out, Hey, you really scared my daughter. The person in the driver's seat of the van pops her head out. It turns out to be a woman, looking to be in her 70s, maybe 80s, with two or three other passengers in the van. The one closest to me seemed to be a teenager or a young adult male who made eye contact with me before putting his head down. The driver just looks over to us and says, We were lost. After a couple of seconds, the van starts to back up. I lean my head out of the window and asked them what they were trying to find but they either didn't hear me or just ignored me. Mom drove us home. She also told me after the fact that as she pulled up she saw a guy with a backpack run over to one of the houses on our street. We didn't see the van fully leave nor did we see what happened with the guy who got out. There's a possibility that the van driver was being honest and got frustrated by how dark it was but the way she was driving on the road indicated anything but that. To this day, I am so glad I had my mom come to my rescue. I truly honestly believe those boys were aiming to abduct me. So, we were four girls living in a dorm room. I had this roommate, Anna. I used to stay late at night outside or at her boyfriend's, and she would always forget to lock her dorm room door. One night, at around 3am, I woke up from a nightmare. I thought I heard something like a girl screaming, but when I realized that the dorm was all quiet, I thought for sure it was just my imagination. I noticed that Anna had returned. She was in bed, and I felt a strong urge to see if the door was locked. So, for the next few minutes, I had this internal dialogue. Go check the door. No, because if I stand up, I'll lose my sleep. Eventually, my laziness won and I fell asleep. When I woke up, my roommates briefed me on what happened last night. The whole dorm was talking about it. Apparently, a stranger had entered our dorm that night. He was in his late 40s. He heard that some girls in a room were not sleeping and were loud so he banged at their door and said something. I can't remember what it was. After some time, thinking that he left, one of the girls went to the bathroom. The bathroom was in the hallway. As she was locked inside, he tried to break open the door. This was happening on the same floor where I lived, so probably that's when I heard the scream. Luckily, another girl saved her when she called the police and he got scared and ran away. But that's not all. Before he tried to assault that girl, he'd been in the study room and vandalized it. He defecated on the floor, ripped a blouse that was on a chair, and did other stuff in there, made the study room a complete mess. The study room was right next to my room, and guess what? That night, we slept with our door unlocked. Just as I've been told before, always trust your gut. I should have trusted mine and checked the door. Thank God he didn't try our door, or thank God he didn't get in. A few days later, I heard that the police found the guy. He was obviously mentally ill, and I heard that he was free. After this event, they increased the level of dorm security. It was February 22nd. I was taking a bus home like I usually do, then hung out with some friends. I think it was around 7pm, I do know it was really dark. I was the only one on the bus until this guy, if I had to guess, he was in his 30s, maybe 40s, gets on at one of the stops. He looked kind of sketchy so I didn't look at him much, but he kind of looked like Eminem. Anyway, the bus driver stops and is taking a break or something. I don't know, but he says he can't have us stay on the bus while he's gone, so the sketchy guy gets up grumbling and swearing to himself about how it's so cold and what not. We all get off and the sketchy guy and the bus driver go to the Circle K we are stopped at, and I don't want to stand in the dark by myself so I followed them. Thing is though, by the time I go over there, the sketchy guy is coming back out already. I'm trying to avoid all eye contact and not get in the way of the sky, but he stops me and starts saying things like look at you, you're not even dressed for the weather. How old are you? You shouldn't be out like this. He then offers me his jacket which I politely decline and then starts offering to buy me hot chocolate. I'm getting pretty uncomfortable at this point so I just say yes and go on in with him. He buys the hot chocolate for me and I say thanks and he just starts ranting about how the bus driver is a butthole for kicking us off etc etc. I'm kind of tuning him out until he says, if that bus driver leaves without us, I'll chase him down to the next stop and I'll put a bullet between his eyes. Okay, wow, what am I even supposed to say to that? He starts making more death threats to the bus driver. Until he drops the bombshell and says, I've done it before. I've killed a man before. And I'm just walking there trying to think of a response to a literal murder confession. The only thing I could think of at the time was, Did he deserve it? And he says, Oh yeah, he did. And then just doesn't talk to me for the rest of the bus ride. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do at this point. I looked for mugshots for murderers in my area and there was nothing that looked like him. I tipped off the police. I let them know, hey, there's a murderer running loose and presumably hasn't been caught yet. I was on the bus with him the other night. They took some details from me and told me to call them if I thought of anything else or happened to spot the guy. I'm pretty freaked out by all of this. Not sure if he was trying to scare me or what. All I know is, I don't think I'll be taking the bus anymore. As I strolled through the streets of downtown Chicago late at night, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. Despite the bright lights and bustling crowds of the daytime, the city takes on a different character after dark. And as I turned onto a quiet side street... My fears were confirmed. A man appeared out of nowhere, seemingly materializing from the shadows. He was tall and thin, with a gaunt face and piercing eyes that seemed to bore into my very soul. His clothes were ragged and dirty, and he smelled of stale alcohol and cigarettes. At first, I tried to ignore him and quicken my pace, but he began to follow me. His steps were slow and deliberate, almost like he was playing with me, and turned around to confront him, but he just grinned and kept coming. That's when I started to run. I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing, but all I could think about was getting the hell away from that man. My heart was pounding out of my chest as I dashed down the empty street, the sound of his footsteps echoing in my ears. Eventually, I made it back to the main road and held a taxi, relieved to be heading back to my hotel. But, even as I sat in the safety of the cab, I couldn't shake the feeling that that creepy stranger was still out there, lurking in the shadows, and waiting to pounce on his next victim. It was April of 2008. I was 20 and living in Denver for a year-long work contract with a nonprofit in Boulder. My girlfriend, who's now my wife, and my best friend Tim drove to Colorado from our home state to visit me for my 21st birthday. The nonprofit I was working for housed their workers in dorm rooms, and drinking was not allowed on site, nor were visitors allowed to stay overnight so I booked a hotel room in downtown Denver for the weekend where we could drink in honor of my 21st. The hotel was big, very nice and in a safe central area of the city. So nice, in fact, that it was the same hotel that most of the politicians would later stay at during the DNC convention of 08 that took place in Denver later that summer. My wife and Tim arrived Saturday morning we all met up at the hotel. The day was fantastic. We drank across the city most of the day. By about 1 a.m., we all got back to the hotel. The room was typical with two queen beds. Bed number one was close to a big window, looking out across the city. Bed number two was pushed against the wall with a door that opened to the bathroom. You couldn't see the door or entryway to our room unless you were at the foot of bed number one. We drank more and chatted in the room until about 4 a.m. My wife was laying at the head of bed number two, flipping through the TV. Tim and I were seated at the foot of bed number one, staring out the window as we talked. As we continued talking, I heard some movement and the sound of a door opening. Without looking away from the window, I assumed it was my wife getting up to use the bathroom. A few minutes passed by, and I thought I heard movement again, so I finally turned to look. I saw my wife still lounging in bed number two, as she had been doing. Did you get up a few minutes ago and use the bathroom? I asked her. "Uh, No, she replied. I thought I heard a door. I said back to her, with her just looking confused right back at me. Yeah, I thought I heard that too, Tim said, breaking his own gaze from the window. It was then I started to run cold and sobered up pretty quick. Very softly, I heard Tim say, I think there is someone in our room. I lurched forward from the foot of the bed to look into the pitch black entryway. I could barely make it out and I wanted to believe I wasn't seeing it. But there was a man dressed in all black, with a black baseball cap pressed into the 90-degree corner of the entryway where the room door and wall met. Absolute silence fell on the room, and it felt like hours passed by as I started to panic in my mind like no way I have ever in my entire life. We all knew. We knew we weren't alone and hadn't been for a while, and he knew we spotted him. Eventually, Tim got the courage to meekly speak in the direction of the entryway and said, Hey man, is there something we can help you out with? Another period of silence that felt like an eternity went by. He slumped off the edge of the wall a little bit into the light and made eye contact with Tim and I. We all just stared at each other. Then eventually he spoke and said, Is this room 1709? Uh, No, man, it's not, Tim said, stroking his beard nervously. He stared at us for a little while, raising his eyebrows and shaking his head. He then turned around and left. We then erupted into a million curse words and paced around the room. I called the front desk. They told me that he was drunk and they found him in the stairwell but directed him back to the right room. Minutes later, Tim called the front desk and they told him he was not a guest. He was apprehended in the stairwell and taken into police custody. Then a while later, they told my wife he'd disappeared, and they had no idea who he was or what he was doing. They told her there wasn't even a room 1709 in the hotel. We got three different stories. We still have no idea what that was all about, or how he managed to get a key card to our room. We were sure the door was closed. It was easily the most terrifying moment of my life. Always use the latch in hotel rooms. We got the stay refunded and about $200 in credit for food from the hotel. We should have sued, but we were young and dumb. Needless to say, I'll never forget this 21st birthday and I'll be checking every single hotel room I stay in from now on. I used to work in a museum that closed fairly late. During summer, we'd be open till 10 p.m., and living in the capital city, I unfortunately had to always pass very crowded places in order to get home. This happened when I stopped to get some food in a restaurant near a shopping center on my way home. As I left the tram, a guy immediately stopped me to ask for a donation. We had a very short conversation, but before we finished, two guys, seemingly older than me, as I was 20, they could have been like 30, that both had a very large, muscular build stopped by and started asking me weird questions. They were both holding beers, but neither of them acted drunk per se, which means they were creeps by nature. At first, they commented on my blue hair telling me how much they loved it, which is fine. Then, they asked if the guy that was still awkwardly standing there was my brother and so on. Thankfully, they left soon after. I made my donation and started making my way towards the restaurant again, I didn't notice them at first due to the place being overcrowded, but right in front of the restaurant, they stopped me again. This time, their questions got a lot creepier. They asked if I'd be willing to perform all kinds of sexual acts on them since they were here to have fun, and I was apparently very attractive to them. They kept being awfully pushy, saying I should orally please them right there on the spot. I tried to walk away, but they just blocked my path. Then, they asked me for my number. Me being anxious and hoping they'll just let me off, if I obey, I gave it to them, and indeed, they let me pass. As soon as I entered the restaurant, I started getting spam called, so I immediately blocked their numbers. I messaged my boyfriend, asking him to pick me up. I don't think I've ever felt that scared in my life. Planning to stay inside the restaurant till my boyfriend comes didn't work out. However, as one of them later literally entered the completely full restaurant, came up to me, and started inappropriately touching me, hugging me, and even tried to kiss me, I was so dumb that I didn't scream or anything, I just tried to push him away but otherwise I was just frozen in place and insanely scared due to his large build. It's insane to me that I clearly tried fighting him off as everyone around us just looked away or silently watched. I even let out help and stop a couple of times. Clearly he got tired of that and decided to take it one step further by literally dragging me out full force. I felt like at that point, I'll just get kidnapped and no one's going to do anything. Thankfully... After all that time, a group of girls I never met before entered the restaurant. It said something along the lines of me having to go, because we all have plans for the evening together. And thank God, he just let me go, and left without a word. It baffles me that I could have gotten kidnapped, or God knows what else, in the middle of a place completely full of people. I hugged those girls like I've never hugged anyone before, and left them only like... Half an hour later, when my boyfriend finally got there, I left my job and literally never returned to that place, being awfully paranoid, even now, two years later. I was 25 when this happened. I had moved out of my parents' home into a block of flats with two bedrooms, one town over. The particular area I was in was known for being quite rough. Luckily, it wasn't as bad as I had anticipated, and the block of flats itself was rather quiet. I live on the ground floor. The most you'd hear is drunk people passing by since there's a pub right next to my block. That was until after a couple months had passed. So a few months go by, and I had been noticing a couple of strange things, such as the window being open in the back room. I would always open this window before I left for work, so the house would be cool for when I got home, as it was in the middle of summer. I always close and lock it as soon as I get home, but would find it open when I wasn't at work. There was also some strange noises at night, like someone thumping and moving things around. I understand I live in a block of flats, so I would put some things on the upstairs neighbor. However, I have had issues with anxiety since my early teens, so some noises I would immediately investigate. At this point, I was working a night shift job that would start at 8pm and finish at 8am, and I only had the weekend off. The story begins on one of my weekends off. It was Saturday night and I'm watching Halloween 2. I'm a horror fanatic and the Halloween franchise is my all-time favorite. I'm sitting comfortably engrossed in the film and somewhat stoned when I start to hear sounds of footsteps. This was the first instance of noises that night, so I decided this wasn't the upstairs neighbor and went to check it out. I paused the movie and went to investigate, turning on all lights as I do. I check every room and find nothing particularly suspicious as usual. The only thing was the window being open in the spare room. I closed the window and decided it was the weed and the movie making me imagine things. I turned the lights off and sit back down and hit play on the movie. A short while later, though, I could hear thumping around. So, again, I turn on all the lights and do a patrol of the flat. I go to the back bedroom first, the window now open again. Now I'm sure it's not the weed. My anxiety started going mental with all the possibilities as to what was happening. I immediately grab the hammer I keep in the cupboard and exit the room. What my eyes were met with when I opened the door left me frozen a man was standing in my hallway almost as if he had been waiting for me he had these crazy bulging eyes stood around 6 feet tall yet well dressed and presented not what I would imagine an intruder to look like as we observed one another I noticed his right hand is in his back pocket with something sticking out of it we continued to stare at each other my mind running wild, fearing what horrific actions this man will take. I snap back into reality and begin to question the man, my hands and voice shaking, asking why he's in my home and how did he get in. He laughs an ear-piercing laugh and starts coming towards me, pulling out a Stanley knife from his pocket. I retreat into the back bedroom and, not realizing what I was doing, Through the hammer in whatever direction. Now defenseless, all I could do was keep my back against the door. I went to grab my phone from my pocket, realizing it's not on me. The panic sets in further, and I'm trapped in my own home. As this intruder is trying to break the door down, I realize my only option to survive is to climb out through my window. But, with him on the other side, full pelt, trying to kick the door down and the door beginning to give way, my chances of surviving seemed very slim. It's now or never. I brace myself and push myself off the door with all my might and fly-kick myself out the window. I managed to break through the window, having a newfound respect for single glazing and a couple shards of glass here and there. I bounce up to my feet and begin sprinting towards the front door of the flats, Unfortunately for me, though, the man was in hot pursuit, knife in the hand. Luckily, one thing that I never, under any circumstance, forget to have on me is my key and fob to make it in the big door. I smack my fob on the number pad and rush myself in, trying my best to quickly close the main door before he gets to me. The man gets to the door just as it clicks shut, realizing he couldn't get me where I was. He begins shouting and swearing at me before making his way back towards the direction of the back of the flats. There's not a second to waste so I run back into the flat, grab my phone, exit and lock the door behind me while calling the police. I explain the situation and they tell me there's a car in pursuit. I fall onto the floor from exhaustion with my head in my hands trying to calm down as I wait for the police to get here. As I was sitting there, I hear the handle on my door jiggling, then banging followed by screaming and cursing. With the door locked, there was no chance he was getting me from there. For the most part, I was able to ignore it. That was until I start hearing glass shattering. I look up at the door, and there he is with one arm sticking out of the door and my hammer in his hand. The panic begins to set in once more, but I know if I leave the hallway he can simply climb out the window. Once again I am feeling trapped, waiting for the police to show up still. So the intruder continues smashing up the front door and almost manages to get through when my saviors in the night, the police, show up. I buzz them into the hall. They didn't even have to ask what was going on as the intruder was still trying to get at me through the door. The police grab his arms so I can unlock the door and open it. The second the door opened, the intruder breaks free and pounces on the police. After about 10 minutes of wrestling the guy and me standing there watching, they manage to get the cuffs on him and sling him into the van. They begin searching through the house to see if they can find anything. And they did. As it turns out, the intruder was going in and out of my window and had a stash of various weapons and drugs. This included a machete, a hunting knife, rope, and chloroform that had been kept underneath my floorboards. I had absolutely no idea of this at all and had been living peacefully, unaware that some stranger wanting to harm me had been entering in and out of my home. The police finally left, and I decided to spend the next few nights at my father's house until the front door got fixed. This experience has shaken me to my core. I still live in this flat. Nothing has ever happened since, but that doesn't stop me from making sure all doors and windows are locked, every hour at least. One thing I can absolutely say for certain is, for the first time, I am thankful for anxiety. I think if I was more relaxed, I wouldn't have bothered to investigate the noises more than once. I haven't heard anything about what happened to the psychopath and in all honesty, I don't want to know anything. I just want to forget it ever happened and move on with my life. On June 3rd, 2016, I had a social media event. I was an Instagram influencer, and the event was a golf tournament. I posted on social media to ask followers to come. So when he showed up, it didn't surprise me. Sure, the tickets were $250, but for some reason that didn't click with me. It was a drinking event as well, and he showed up at least tipsy but having a good time. He was also an Instagram model who I knew online. He asked me out on a date for after the tournament. I was a single mom and because of the event, my parents were watching the kid until the next day. I said, sure. We went off on the date, went to a bar and grabbed food. The man was handsome, but mostly charming as heck. We had a beer, and then in his car, he offered some weed. I rarely smoked, but decided what the hell. We hot boxed, then went off to a bar. He was friendly with everyone and made me laugh quite a few times. Then off to the liquor store for more alcohol and finally to his house. I was drunk and high, so it was easy to sleep with me. He had a bunk bed. And I remember him being on top and being very selfish and aggressive and being scared. I didn't stop him out of fear. He had driven, and my car was still at the golf tournament location, and we were far too far for me to afford an Uber back to my car. The next morning, I went to the restroom and afterward noticed a long pipe poking out from behind the toilet after I flushed. When I came out, he was upset. Because when I flushed, I obviously flushed down the water that he and his roommate used to water the weed that they were growing. I didn't know, or I was still too drunk or high. I apologized deeply and was scared. We came downstairs and I looked at the walls and decor for the first time. Knives and weapons were used as decorations all over the house. I waited for him to have breakfast and drive me back to my car trying not to show panic. In the car, I knew I needed an excuse that wouldn't hurt his feelings. I told him I had a blast, and I'm so bummed because I really like him, but my child's father passed away when he was one. That part is true. And I can't have CPS take him away because I'm around someone growing weed. I told him I didn't care about the weed and didn't want him to change, so it was a bummer. I let him make out with me one last time as he dropped me off. I was shaking as I drove off because of the vibes. The very next day, after he dropped me off, he met a girl that was 10 years our junior and an 18-year-old mini-me. He dated her for like three weeks. She dumped him, and he stalked her like crazy. So much so, he was arrested a few times for it. In September of the same year, he gets out of jail the last time and heads to a bar. He meets a girl there and takes her home. He ends up murdering her, chopping up the body, cutting her heart out and setting it on fire. He's currently serving life for his crime. And that, dear listeners, is the end of these true creepy encounters. If you are already asleep, I hope Slumberland is treating you well. And if you're just listening for entertainment purposes, I hope that you've enjoyed these selected stories. I'll be reading to you soon. Until then, good morning, good afternoon, or good night.